calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Hi, I'm Alexis Ohanian. You may know me as one of the co-founders of Reddit, but more recently, a large part of my identity is being a father to my wonderful daughters. In my podcast, Business Dad, I hope to open the conversation about working parents a bit. You'll get to hear from a wide range of business dads, from Rain Wilson and Guy Raz to Todd Carmichael and Shane Battier, to find out how they balance being a dad with a successful career. Business Dad is available now, so be sure to listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Keegan. And I'm Madigan. And you're listening to Your Angry Neighborhood Feminist. This is the podcast where we explore the world through our own personal feminist perspectives. Hello, hello, everybody. It is Madigan. Unfortunately, we don't have Keegan with us this week. We've been missing you so much over the last few weeks when we haven't been giving you new episodes, but we have something extra special for you today, and that is my dear friend and fellow podcaster, Miss Lauren Ogle. Hello! Hi. Hi! And Lauren is extra special to me because not only did we do our first live shows together, like probably, yes. what, three years ago now, um, yeah. I also take care of her son quite Ugh. often. She so, does. You are the nanny extraordinaire. I'm the nanny extraordinaire. Is that, at least that's what they say. I don't know. I think I'm just a grown-up child myself. <laughs> um, but so I, when Keegan was still going to be out of town, the first thing I thought of for Mother's Day was that I've got to get Lauren on the show. And a little bit of background, we were going to do a mini episode together when Keegan was out of town, like probably about a year ago and there was just tactical difficulties and things didn't work out and I was so bummed because I've been well let me just say first of all Lauren is with the show keep it weird and um if you haven't listened to it what are you doing with your life um I was on the show years ago with Ashley the co-host and I really didn't even know you very well Lauren at that point and we'd never recorded together or anything and so it's nice to finally like do what we do together. I agree. It is kind of funny thinking we've never actually recorded together. <laughs> like we've mm. we've always just kept missing each other, but been in this, you know, similar community where we know all the same podcasters and we've kind of crossed yeah. over and been on each other's shows. And now it's like, oh, it's finally us. We're doing it. It's finally the two of us. And, you know, when you started talking, I just remembered I was actually on Keep It Weird because you were either about to give birth to Wilder or it was like just after giving birth to Wilder. Oh. Oh, yeah, there was and like, that's why they needed like extra like yep. guests all the time. And it was Ashley and uh, 
Joe is her boyfriend's name, right? I'm totally blanking. Right. Handsome okay. Joe, as the, Handsome our listeners Joe. call him, which is hilarious. Yes. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's what I called him the entire time. Oh, yeah. Um, he, is, he is very handsome and incredibly smart. Oh, like so smart that it, it hurts. You start speaking and me and Ashley sometimes have to grab our heads like, okay, wait, you might have to go a little slower. Start again. I, I kind of love the- it. I no, loved it. I loved so just sitting back and listen. It was like listening. It was like listening to a podcast, not being on yeah. the guest of a show. <laughs> you right. feel very, you feel very out of it. You're like, just teach me things and let me um, take in all of this. We talked about um, uh, time travel. So that oh, was yeah. real, real sciencey, real spacey. Um, oh yes. And, a very good time. Um, but enough about my experience on your show. I want you to tell everybody a little bit about who you are as like a podcaster. What's your show? Tell us a little bit more about like the business side of it before we get into the personal side of things. Yeah. Um, I'm Lauren. I co-host Keep It Weird podcast with Ashley Cassidy. It is kind of exactly what the title says. We just keep it real weird. Um, Mm -hmm. We started it together six years ago now, which sounds insane. Yeah, and she just recently... Six years? It's crazy. Oh my gosh. We're like a little over four. That's wild. It's insanity. And Ashley just recently moved to Illinois. She moved out of Los Angeles and broke my heart forever because she was Mm -hmm. one of my very first friends out here like almost 13 years ago. But we still are recording the show Remotely, we're, you know, getting into our newest season. I think we're like five episodes in now. It's been really fun. But we cover everything that is just strange, bizarre, unsolved, mysterious, unexplained. And we dig deep into it and try to bring you both science and kind of more of the woo-woo side of things. Like, we'll get a little spooky, get spiritual, but we Well, I was going to say... Like your co-host Ashley is like she's she's a witch. Like that's just oh, yeah. the when I think of her, I think of witches and spells. A thousand percent. And, and like her apartment is like a museum of horror in a way. Like it's she's it just the most unique and eclectic person. Um and so that's one of the things that I love about your show though, is that like I'm such a big fan of like true crime and scary things and mm-hmm. unsolved mysteries. But you tend to get a lot of the same stories over and over again, just sure. through different perspectives. And what I like about coming and checking out Keep It Weird is that I'm not going to be getting the same things I've heard a million times. Right. I'm going to be getting like topics that I never would have thought that I would be interested in. But because I love you guys and I love the show, <laughs> I'm going to click on the episode and then I'm like, holy shit, what was that? It just It's kind of like totally not run of the mill. And that's what I love about it. It doesn't try to keep up with any sort of other genre. You just sure, kind of like yeah. do your own thing. I love that you always have so many like co-hosts and other people that come on and share, you know, their expertise or their perspectives. Right. Which I mean, is why I said in the beginning, if you haven't listened, like, what are you doing? <laughs> well, that was so kind. And uh, honestly, that's you gave the best hype up that we could ever hope for, because that is exactly what we wanted to do with our show. And when we started it six years ago, if you think about what was happening six years ago, that is mm-hmm. when podcasts had the boom of like true crime obsession. Yeah. So it was like 
came yes. out like what, like seven years ago or something? Yeah, like and that? my favorite yeah. murder came out like around yes. that time. It was like that was when the boom happened. So originally, our idea was gonna we were going to be two girls that told ghost stories and did true crime. Oh, I'm sorry, uh-huh. everyone is doing that. So right, we very quickly changed it up, and we're so thankful that we just did the title "Keep It Weird" instead of like two girls that like knives. Like we're just happy. Yeah, exactly. We kept it more open because then it it helped us to say okay well let's kind of switch gears and talk about all things mysterious and cool and yeah like Madigan said Ashley is basically just a witch and is one of the coolest people ever I've always been more of the crime junkie mystery horror movie junkie but we combined together to make this podcast I think it is such a fun and informative show we're we're a good balance I'm kind of like the Dumbo who says ridiculous things Ashley's really (laughs) intelligent and cool but we balance each other out I always feel like I'm the dummy compared to Keegan. She's so articulate and says things so well. And I feel like I always get very overpowered by my emotions. Me too. And what I mean to say doesn't always come out as like eloquently as I want it to. Where she's so good. Like whenever I like I'm having an argument with someone else or whatever and I text her my problems she'll like message me back my own feelings but in a more concise way where I'm like oh this is what I'm gonna say to this person because it sounds smarter (laughs) than what I would have said to them a thousand Um, percent I think we're the same person in our podcast relationship it's like I'm just always amazed at how Ashley pieces things together I'm like yes that's what I was trying to say but I just started screaming and crying instead (laughs) oh my god thank goodness that our listeners and our co-hosts keep up with us right I know gosh so much (laughs) well I like I said in the beginning I really wanted to have Lauren on this week's episode to talk about motherhood I have worked for so many moms I know a lot of moms but I'm not like close friends with a lot of moms I'm just starting to get into the era of my life where all my friends are having kids and things like that so I'm still fairly new into having like friendships with moms and not just like fellow nannies and things like that yeah and especially how cool you are I was so like not to like that sounds so lame of me to even say like you're a cool mom um (laughs) but I feel like you would be able to give me a perspective that isn't coming from like someone I work for or you know my own mother or things like that have you be a a young hip cool happening mama that can fill all of us in and I told you most of our listeners are like Gen Z very young and probably much cooler than me for sure oh my (laughs) gosh they're all they and they teach us so much my gosh it's amazing but um probably not something that a lot of our listeners have had experience in so I feel like you're gonna be a very great wealth of knowledge for everybody especially for me as someone who uh considers themselves to be feminist as hell but has also known (laughs) since they came out of their mother's womb that they wanted to have kids um I love that (laughs) just because I know not that that has to be everyone's journey of course not but for you just because I see how you are with my child again well you know Madigan is like Wilder's best friend in the entire world Wilder's (laughs) my son and I like I could not be more grateful for you so I'm like please have a child (laughs) you'd be an incredible mother I know I it's just one of those weird things with me that I've always just had like a and like I said I think it's because I I've refused to grow up inside like I still love doing all the things that kids love and yes, I feel like child I just, at like, heart right totally like it's your choice to grow up you know right we can't choose to grow old but you know I've talked a lot on this show about my mom my mom is 
like my primary parent. She's my only parent now. She's my biggest role model. And I really wanted to know what your role models of motherhood were growing up. You're also a Midwesterner. Both Keegan and I are from the Midwest. And I feel like there's a lot of like tropes that Keegan and I can both relate to when we talk about our upbringing and things like that. But I'm Mm -hmm. curious for you, like with your mom, aunts, you know, friends, moms, what were your perceptions of like what motherhood meant to you when you were young? Yeah, I mean, I kind of saw every type of mom. It felt like it was all over the spectrum. But I I have to say, I am incredibly lucky because I had an amazing mama. I know you do too, which makes me Mm. very happy that we both did because I... I had so many friends and other family members around me whose moms were just not present in their life or um, just they treated them more like a friend and weren't necessarily a mom, which isn't a bad thing. Like, it's great to call your mom your best friend, but also... But there's like a balance. Yes. I've... I've yeah. talked to them now as adults saying like, oh, it was fun when I was younger and in high school, but now as an adult, I'm looking back and seeing that some things were inappropriate and that I totally. needed a mom in those moments. So uh-huh. I just, I see what's happening around me and especially on my mom's side of the family, there is a lot of dysfunction. I mean, I kind of hate that word because I don't know, but there. But it's like, what else do you use? <laughs> yeah, I can't. There, there. It's just dysfunction. That's all I some, can call it. But. Some abnormalities, some yes. differences. So to see my mom come out the other side and be such a wonderful mom was always amazing to me. Like she kind was of breaking the wheel a little bit. Yes, starting which over. Yeah, I do think that is why she was so incredible. Is because she is the youngest of five girls. And she is like 16 years apart from her oldest sister. There's pretty big gaps between all of them. And the reason that they kept having kids was because my grandma and grandpa wanted to have a boy so badly. (gasps) And she was the fifth and final girl. And because of that. They were like, we can't do this anymore. (laughs) Yeah, they were like, okay, first of all, we got to stop. This is absurd. But um, also, I think my mom, because of that, says she felt a little bit of resentment coming from her parents in certain mm. areas. She's she's only told me this just as an adult now. She started to course, confide yeah. this in me. I'm like, oh my gosh, I never would have guessed. But she didn't right. always feel the, the lovey-dovey hugs from her parents. She felt a little bit mm. of disappointment and like she kind of got the shaft in certain situations. Well, and, and the first thing that I think of when you mentioned that, you said 16 years apart. Yeah. Well, one, it's amazing to me that your mom would have that just natural maternal instinct being not only just the youngest, but the youngest by that far. I used to really, really want to be a child psychologist. And I have a real obsession with like birth order because it's like the same. It gets proved over and over and over again in my Mm -hmm. life. And they're like, I don't mean that every, you know, I'm an only child. I'm not meaning to say every only child is the same or youngest or oldest or things like that. But there are a lot of things that work out. Like lots of theories come true. There is. And I think that especially being like the baby baby, Mm -hmm. I think typically your mom would have been set up to being like very coddled, having a a lot of people caring for her instead of just her parents, like and not having to be as self-sufficient. Like typically the youngest is not the one that is the most independent and self-sufficient. They're the ones that rely more on you know, other people to just not necessarily do things for them, but to like help guide them and support them and things like that as they get older. So it's interesting that your mom kind of like, yeah, she completely the opposite of that. And it sounds like because of her knowledge, I mean, 
completely kind of off topic, but I had grown up kind of knowing that my dad wasn't so sure about wanting kids. Mm-hmm. And you, when you know that about your parent or things like that, even if like they tell you they love you all the time and they're showing up to, you know, school plays or things like that, there's still that kind of like... There's something but, missing. You're like, I know yeah. how you really feel and like right. you're, you're forced to be here. Or you doubt it, even if they're yeah. telling you they do or they change their mind or things you're like questioning. that. Like as soon as as soon as you hear or feel that thing from your parent, you're immediately just kind of like, but wait, like, do I trust everything you're saying to me right. now? Mm-hmm. So I think that's amazing that your mom was able to really kind of break that cycle and to not have the same examples of like siblings you know her siblings were in high school when she was born, oh yeah which she they probably were amazing had a very different experience I'm, oh that's so good which that's yeah good. I was gonna say I mean it's never that she felt unloved because I feel like no. the sisters if anything like really jumped in and were so excited you know being a high schooler well, they're like we have a new baby like in the family yeah this we is can so like exciting. play dress up and I think you can understand that there's resentment and still feel the love and Absolutely. the joy. Like, yeah. I think that, like, those things, like, it doesn't negate the other. Of you course. Know? She was it's, never a neglected child. That's exactly no, right. It's like she still yeah. felt loved, but she, yeah, she could always but sense was that, that it was like, sense. oh, they wanted me to be a boy, a and boy. I wasn't. And yeah. she just, and her mom, I think it was very unintentional because my grandma is a very kind, wonderful woman, but just right. every once in a while would make kind of offhanded remarks about my mom that just again I don't it was never malicious but just like kind of little jabs at her all throughout her life Mm. so I think my mom absolutely wanted to turn in the other direction and be a completely different mom and love her children the way she always wanted to and I think my siblings and I are so incredibly lucky because she was she is an amazing woman and it's not even just the way she mothers because I feel like some people are just amazing mothers and that is that is what they, they devote are. their life to. Like, that right. is their heart, and it's just being a mom and being so involved in their kids' lives. But what mm-hmm. I think makes my mom even cooler is that she was also a hippie, not even just like, oh, I'm in the sense of fashion. Like, she was going yeah. to war protests every weekend. Oh, my like, gosh. Why aren't our parents friends? Okay, is my this mom your mom graduated, too? My mom graduated high school in 1969. Oh, my dad, <laughs> My dad actually... W- didn't he got drafted i believe but when they went in and tested him uh, you know i have hearing loss my dad's mm-hmm. hearing loss is worse than mine it's just hereditary so he wasn't able to fight because of that and oh. that really pissed him off and angered him so he started getting involved in protests in minneapolis and things like that so when i would ever talk about my parents politically growing up i would always say i was raised by two liberal hippies because oh, yeah. They looked legit like Sonny and Cher when they got married in 1972. Oh, I'm obsessed with that. <laughs> I'm going to send you pictures. You're going to love it. Um, but she, they both just had that very, like, all love, no hate, yep. we hate war. Stick you know, it to the was, man. Exactly. Like, do yeah. the thing that's unconventional. Exactly. Who, that I was mean, my they mom. Were, yeah, fine that I sucked at math. You're going to be an artist, you know? Yes. Which I'm like, damn it, you should have been harder on me because I suck at math. Um, <laughs> yeah, I but, needed to be better in school, but I get it. No, like my mom and I mean my dad too, but my mom is such, she refers to herself as a fucking goddess. Like she yes, is the most. get it. 
hippie loving our moms are gonna be best friends i think they absolutely would i yeah they sound like the same person because that is jane my sweet mom and she i was just gonna ask what your mom's name was i love that her name is jane 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 and liz will be besties jane and liz those are also just the most mom names (laughs) by the way my my mom is gonna be in town in june and she's definitely gonna want to meet Wilder. Oh my gosh. In between the days that I'm traveling. Just yes, please. You. No, She's please good. let it happen. I would love to meet I would love to meet your mother, but also she <laughs> needs to meet the sweetie pie that is Wilder. <laughs> we'll we'll party, we'll have a little bit of wine, we'll play with Wilder. It's love it great. so much. Um okay, back on track. Well, yes. um, so you were telling me that your mom is this lovable hippie. She yeah. would stick it to the man, she was doing her protest. What oh, were yeah. some of those things that you kind of like witnessed as a kid, or what what perception of your mom then did you have? I I just thought she was the coolest person in the world, like truly, mm-hmm. because obviously she was doing a lot of the protesting before I was even born. You know, we're talking right. about by the, the time you're, but you're not that old. Yeah, I'm not that old yet. <laughs> you're I not an old mom. All yeah, the Gen no, no, no. Z people are like, "Who is this girl?" No, I was. Well, born- you've got to be. I'm gonna guess you've got to be like what 35, 36. Oh, you think I'm older than I am. I'm no, only No, I didn't mean <laughs> I'm only 32. Okay, I'm cutting that. I only said that because because I, I have only... a child. Because you have a kid. <laughs> oh, I need to get Botox, Lord. Oh, no, I'm just kidding. No, it's you totally look, fine. Girl, you look like you're 20. <laughs> no, honestly, you do you do look like you'd be younger than that. I was because you were a kid and I feel like I often guess down and that almost makes people more angry oh no totally it's like you kind of can't win once you're in your 30s because if somebody says 20s you're like oh you just think I'm an immature idiot and then if you go up too high it's like so you think I'm almost 40 like you just can't win but Lauren people think I'm between 19 and 21 I, you do have a youthful face. You absolutely do. I have a youthful do. face. I have a youthful voice. I'm teeny tiny. I'm pocket sized. <laughs> you are. I it's can take just, you in my pocket. It's awful. I want people to take me seriously, Dan. I know. I know. Um, okay, but no, we so can get back Lauren, on track. <laughs> so Lauren's not ancient. She wasn't actually seeing her mother protest the Vietnam War. But no, but what? That kind of energy doesn't leave you. It doesn't. And I did get to witness her protesting because when Bush was president, she was also protesting when. That the was war a was big starting. One. Yeah, that was like a big one for my parents. Yeah. After 9/11 she started going out mm-hmm. and that's kind of when I first started to learn like I mean I was still so young in 2001 but I'm like I was I was old enough to remember her going to protest yeah. like making signs in our basement to go oh. to the picket line and just that was the first time I was like my mom is so cool like she is fighting she's out there fighting for the voiceless you know like fighting yeah she she just and she's became not an just activist. talking about it she's not I mean for yeah. me I got a whole stocking stuffer full of um like national embarrassed mints with George Bush's face on it a George uh-huh. Bush like stress ball um my parents are very vocal about it but I never saw them like actively doing that kind of stuff and I think that instinctively that sets you up for such a great open-minded way of life yes bravo jane yeah i saw that right from the beginning and thought like oh that's incredible and then on top of it she was also an artist and so creative so she was also the mom that like knew how to set up a really creative game or a really creative craft station and so i just always felt like so doted on and taken care of and Mm. she she's just a badass woman and mama and an amazing grandmother too like just oh i'm sure 
What does Wilder call her again? Because I know I've heard her. Gaga. Gaga. Yes. I know I've heard him talk about Gaga. She's Gaga. I love it. I'm calling her Lady Gaga from now on. Oh my gosh, you should. And Wilder and Lady Gaga share a birthday, so it just always feels like they're (gasps) entwined in some special way. They are. And you have siblings, right? Yes. I have a brother and a sister, and my brother has five children. Oh my gosh. And my sister just has one, and she's a one and done, which I like love that she's just like, nope, if you ask me about a second kid, I'm going to slap you across yeah. the face. <laughs> kind oh, of attitude. Funny. Like, Honestly, just one and done. Yeah. I, I would do one, maybe, yep. maybe two. You know, I've, I kind of feel the same way. Hey, who yeah, is it that I met? Who, who is it that I met? Was that your sister or was that like a cousin? It was my sister. I always forget you met her briefly when you were watching Wilder. Yes, it was her and her husband were in town. And I think she even said that. Like, oh, yeah, we have a daughter, Josie. Like, that's it. Only one. Like, she likes to make it known. She's got, you've got the pictures on the fridge. Wilder talks about the girl all the time. Okay, I know exactly who you're talking about. Well, my next question I feel like is kind of obvious with, at least to me with what you just said, but how do your, how is like your experience with motherhood, how does it differ and how is it the same as your mom? Like the perception that your mom had, do you feel like you're kind of being very similar or how do you feel that you're different? I mean, I'm, I'm aiming to, <laughs> I, right. I do feel like the open-mindedness, the activism, I, I definitely think I've taken that on. And even it's so interesting that you mentioned the birth order before, because I am also the youngest and granted I'm the youngest of three. She's the youngest right. of five and they were different dynamics, but I am the one that also just like my mom left town left the cozy neighborhood. We're both from super small towns that our families are all still in. We like we left town, we, you know, got a little more liberal, a little more progressive, much to the disdain of members of our family. And it's like, we were the ones that kind of busted out. And I'm not saying that we're, you know, better than anyone. Anyway, this is our own journey. And I still love my family back in Illinois to death. But it was like, we both needed more. You just took a different route in the fork in the road a little bit. Yes. Doesn't mean that one's right or wrong. You just totally. I just want to make that clear because I never want to sound like superior. I'm like, I love my family. But I just like, I we I had to bust out and I know that my mom feels that and I yeah. I think I try to have the same open-mindedness as my mom. I want to be an activist. I want to show Wilder how to be an activist and I think in those ways I absolutely am following my mom's journey as a mom and setting the example and you know going out and like bringing him to protest with me as my mom did with us. But yeah. I am different in the way that I am so not crafty or creative when it comes to gameplay or making like any kind of craft station I can barely hold scissors or use glue so I'm gonna I'm gonna negate you on that because something else that Lauren does for a living is that she does music classes for children yes okay I would have to say so if you can't set up a mean finger painting station or things like that you know how to get out some percussion instruments for kids or like I'm an artist in a different way Exactly. I think that's a very specific skill set. Like my parents, my mom was a jewelry designer. My dad originally wanted to be a fine artist, but got into advertising. But he's a the most amazing drawer that I've ever seen in my life in, in real life. And he would give me little drawing lessons. He taught me how to play guitar. My mom oh. would teach me how to make earrings and bracelets. And to me, like that's kind of 
the, that's my wheelhouse. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's like where I'm crafty. And for you, you've got your own amazing ability not only to be musical. Lauren has an amazing singing voice, by the way. Okay. Um, not what well, you do. <laughs> I watched it so nice to me. This no, episode. no, but I mean it. Like I watched the video of you singing karaoke on Instagram a couple weeks ago. <laughs> And you had all those fans in the audience. You sounded amazing. I'm not kidding you. I will I, say, I, if this audience is mostly Gen Z, I have to give all y'all props because it was a very Gen Z night at the karaoke bar. And I was actually terrified to get up because I was like, oh, the old lady is about to get up and sing like no, an older song. So and they were so cool. Kind. You're so cool. Max, actually, when he was on tour, did a party for like a frat house. And they're all, Max is one of the youngest at 32. And um, Ah, he's also 32. He's also 32. Keegan's 32. I have a lot of like 89 and 90 people. Yes, 89. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And um, so one of their, their drummer is younger, but they were all much older than college age, right? And they're at this like very young party for like frat boys or whatever. And Max was like, that was the best audience I've ever played to. Like they were so like turned. It was Halloween. It was like They know how to get down and they know how to support and rally. And it was like, I can't (laughs) believe I ever doubted. I think I just thought like, oh, I'm going to be singing an old song and I look old. You know, I was just getting in my head because because they all looked so young and hip. That is cool. Because the old stuff is cool. I know that more than ever now working at the store, at the clothing store that I work at. Oh, true. You probably see that a lot. Oh, my gosh. Everyone is buying like mom you know that SNL sketch the mom jeans from JC Penny yeah. with like the vest <laughs> yes. that's what everyone's that's, wearing what, that is bought within seconds yep. like that stuff is gone like that's what's cool and so i think like just having those connections i mean tiktok now there's all these old songs that are coming back it's crazy i know um, and kind of comical when people bring them up and say like did you know about this song or this movie and i'm like yes that's I what i was raised on. <laughs> i know on. i know i like i was asked when i first was hired at this job if i understood y2k fashion i said honey i was 10 in 2002 i lived it that's right we got this we're got fine. the butterfly clips baby <laughs> baby um okay so what was the hardest misconception about motherhood that you tried to fight against I asked that especially being a mom in LA uh and being from another place I feel like I get a lot of pressure even from my mom sometimes but especially from other family members to kind of like live a more conventional life or be yeah. a conventional mom or to have my life kind of go in a certain way And I know especially as women in life, we are expected to be moms. And obviously we we wanted to be moms. That was our choice and things like that. But I know that there are still so many misconceptions that are pushed upon those um, who want to be moms or who don't want to be moms. What were some things that you had to kind of fight against during your pregnancy or when you've been raising Wilder? Well, first of all, what I love is like, yes, there were those pressures absolutely coming from the Midwest family because they all it was like we settled down. We had kids. That's what we do. Blah, blah, blah. And living in L.A., as you've seen, people start a lot later and are a lot more free about it. And some people don't want kids. It's just a different conversation. So I definitely I felt some pressures back from the Midwest. But I like 
I truly, truly have always wanted to be a mom, and it was my yeah. personal choice. So the pressure never got to me. Alex and I waited longer than most people would have liked. Like we, it, to the Midwest crowd, it was much later. But then what's hilarious is to all of our LA friends, it was crazy early, and we were the well, first say, of our friends to have kids. Like nobody you really has been kids. like twenty eight when you had Wilder thirty. Because he, oh, that's right. he just 20, turned three yeah, and I turned 33 okay. in a month. Yeah, I know. It's like, I, it's confusing because of the threes and the twos. But yeah, I got right. pregnant at 29, had him at 30. Oh my. Yeah, you were a baby. I know. And it, honestly, I never thought it would be that young. I will say that was the part that surprised me. Even meeting Alex, my husband, happened way younger. I always thought, like, I will be in my 30s when I settle down. Right. It's going to be like right. career and me. And that's but wonderful. Life- but he Life shocked, throws things at you. He right? shocked me. I met him and I was like, oh, you're the one. Let's go. All right. Here he we is are. lovely. He <laughs> is so lovely. Thank you. I really do like him a lot. <laughs> oh, I'm glad. No, that's important. I think I always say this to Max. I say, I I love a lot of people. It's easy to love people and have that almost feeling of unconditional love. It's but do you a like whole them? other thing to like them. Exactly. So like really like who they are as a mm-hmm. person, I think is completely different. And it's funny because Alex and Max remind me of each other a lot because they're both very quiet. Yes. But there's been a few times now where Alex will come home before you will and we'll get to chat a little bit and he's starting to be more chatty with me and stuff. I love that because it does take yeah. time. But he gets But that's chatty. how Max is too he just has a little bit of that initial like social like I gotta figure out where I fit with this person and what we're gonna talk about and stuff but um no I just I I love that I think that both of us are definitely the extroverts in our relationship a thousand percent and I yeah I feel like we need to get our our guys together because we need to double date like so fast we'll come over and hang out he needs to meet Wilder yes also that you can shop from anywhere doing pretty much anything You might shop while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast. And however you shop, we all know and love the thrill of the hunt. But do you also know how to get the thrill of the best deals? Because Rakuten shoppers do. With Rakuten, they get the deals they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Sephora, Nike, and even Expedia if you're looking to get some travel in. And getting cash back doesn't mean you have to miss out on sales because those can just be stacked right on top. It's easy to use and based on a simple idea. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back through PayPal or check. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot-button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday, so make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. Um, what but, were some pressures? I was going to say, like, what were some pressures, too, like, when you had him? Like, did you feel like there was, anti- like, certain things that people wanted you to do in raising him? Or, ex- like, 
did they did you keep the name from people or the gender from people and they really wanted to know or you know what were some of those differences for you we kept the name secret because we knew that our our families at mine being from illinois and his are from pennsylvania would have opinions and we waited a really long time we didn't tell any friends even out here either we eventually told both of our families right around the holidays just a couple months before he was born just thinking like okay this could be a a fun little thing like right around Christmas and so we told them my family actually had a pretty good reaction even if they were just being polite Mm -hmm. Alex's family was mostly nice but both of his parents had trouble with the name Wilder they were like really Really? like Wilder huh I'm gonna really have to like stew with that like they had to take (gasps) their time so that wasn't great. Um, yeah, I and feel we like kind of knew it would be just... that way. That's why we waited, yeah. but ugh, it was well, it was not fun the, to hear that. That's the thing with a unique name. I actually a coworker of mine has a daughter named Wilder. I love it for a girl too. That's the thing. I think I would have gone either way. Like, it, yeah. I, it would not have changed as my favorite name. With well, whatever, I have the but. hardest time with liking boy names, so there might be a Wilder Ram out there one day. You never know. <laughs> I might have to steal it. It is. It's a good name. I mean, I'm proud of it, and I'm thankful that I didn't let other people's opinions get to me. It it, it yes. made me sad that they had to feel that way, but I was I was so confident yeah. in it that I just said whatever. And I my family is pretty good about being hands off. My in-laws definitely have had their opinions and like to micromanage a tad more with the raising right. of our child, but overall, yeah. I think living out here in LA, we we have enough distance that I can still do whatever I want and but it's yeah. the mom shaming that exists in the world, like that I will say is one of the hardest parts of being a mom is just Ugh. all of the opinions, the outside I perspectives. I think about that from like not just the family, but like social media at large. Yes, I was going to say it's because anybody. of social media. They can all see what Ugh. you're doing at all times and they judge you and it's it's wild out there. It's wild crazy West. because literally not what probably even when went around the time we were born moms were still putting scotch on their pinkies and sticking it in their baby's mouths for yep. you know teething you know yep. what i mean like and to help them like rest <laughs> right you know and like or moms didn't know not to you know drink too much when they were pregnant or you know totally. or smoke things cigarettes like that. yeah or smoke cigarettes there's all these things that have like been learned so quickly and i feel like there's just this like there's this weirdly competitive nature between parents, which is something that I really witnessed as a skater growing up. I witnessed that a lot with the moms being competitive with each other, with their children in the sport and things like that. Um, I just can't, I can't wrap my head around it not being in that world. Why you would want to tear down another person who's going through the same ups and downs yes, that, that you are all you the time. You know that it's a challenge. I look at other moms and I only feel empathy of like, I know what you're going through. I see the yeah. screaming toddler in the store and I just want to hug the mom and say, yes. I understand my kid did that five seconds ago. Like we're exactly. in this together. I don't know why we can't all be on the same team, but instead it has or to you be wanna, like, why did you, you want to jump blah, blah, blah. in and like, you want to jump in and like distract the baby and like help the mom like every yes, time them a like break. my friends when they hear a baby crying they 
there it's like nails on a chalkboard to me it's like my uterus starts swelling and my heart is crying and I just want to hold that baby until it stops crying there is this weird kind of like uh, understanding when you get kids where you should feel that empathy for another person I actually I can't believe I'm even telling the story on the show I'd never wanted to talk about it again Yesterday at work, there was a two-month-old baby, and everyone's like, Madigan, you got to see this baby. It's the cutest baby ever. They know how much I love babies. The mom <laughs> and the baby come over to try things on, and the mom has stuff kind of like draped over the handlebar of the stroller. Mm-hmm. And I have to count everything because people steal shit. Of course. So I'm like counting the hangers, and I'm like going to grab the stuff. And as I'm grabbing it, the weight distribution like switches, and oh. this stroller goes like it capsizes forward. Oh no. Thank that again. God this baby was strapped in because that stroller went straight up. I screamed. That child's life flashed before my eyes. It's a cement Oh my floor. gosh. Oh my gosh, Maddie. I'm like the grabbing mom, my face right now. Oh my God. I'm grabbing it now and my whole face is hot. My friends have been making <sighs> fun of me about it all day. And I'm seriously like, you guys, I'm going to start crying. I can't do this. Oh my um, gosh. I'm so sorry you went through that because like that is an on, that truly is an honest mistake. I'm not sitting here judging you. I'm more just like, oh, well, the fear that would have run through my body. And you, you just know, know that mom, that mom was like, oh. The mom said to me, that happens all the time. It's oh. heavier on this side. Oh, well, <laughs> she don't care. I think, no, she felt worse that I was, like, crying. Like, oh, I seriously was honey. so upset that I possibly would have hurt. That's why I'm like, my my friends think it's funny. I'm like, no, you seriously can't. Like, I felt <laughs> so many things in that moment. Like, I would not have been able to go on with life if I had hurt that child. There's no way. Sure. So I'm like... I, see, oh I would God. have been the same as you. I would have just started bawling and like yes. being over the top apologizing to that woman. And I love that she was just like, oh, yeah, that happened. Oh, she <laughs> gave, it must not have been her first kid. The baby literally barely made a coup and fell back to sleep. Yep. That's, did that's not, the stuff. <laughs> baby did not care. I, but it's that it's that thing where you have to have that empathy. It's like when you yes. see celebrities with the baby slipping out of the arm a little bit or they're maybe not putting it in the car seat the right way or whatever. It's like if you've ever had a child, you should know how hard it is to get anything done because yep. that kid is going to fight you for everything. Exactly. It's like, do you know what I went through to even get them in this position? Like you can't exactly. come over and judge the position I have them in. But I mean, no, no, no. And all that is to say, yes, there are going to be the mom shamers and the judgmental people that exists everywhere anyway about everything now that they're social Mm -hmm. media we all get to have an opinion but what I did want to also say is that like that you had asked earlier about misconceptions and you know things that people assume about motherhood I do want it to be said that not everyone is that way and I am one of those moms and now that my friends are finally starting to have kids after we were alone in it for so long they also have just been the coolest, like coolest shit moms where we're just like, oh, yeah, your kid does that. Mine does, too. Doesn't it suck? Yeah. And we just get to vent and like 
I mean, we well, love our children, but we kind of like talk shit. Yeah, we talk shit kids about our dicks. kids. We're like, oh you God, have to what an asshole over there, you know? You have to. Like, that's human. And your child is also human. And you're allowed to feel those like very strong feelings, even though they came from you. <laughs> exactly. Like, <laughs> you know I love I mean? him. Like, I will take a bullet for him. I like, he is my everything. But I'm going to call him a dick whenever I want because he misbehaves a whole exactly. lot. And you have to find well, your and community not to his of moms. face, but you're going yeah. to find your friends. <laughs> You're going to drink some wine and be like, holy shit. Yes. Well, and I'm I'm hoping that that's kind of what we can get out of this whole mom shaming fad on social media is like, I hope that by seeing so much of how negative it is, mm-hmm. we start to realize it in ourselves and not do it as much. Like, I think yes. that's all you can really ask when something's being pointed out. That at least now that we're putting a spotlight on that topic, people mm-hmm. can be more self-aware of when they're judging someone else for exactly for that. I love you know? that it's being brought up more. It's being brought to the forefront. I see posts all the time of like, hey, instead of judging another mom, let's do this, this, and this with all these you yeah. know, tips and bullet points. I'm like, thank you. This is what we need to see. And it's yeah. all about just finding your community of people that get it. Like, find your girls, find your moms who just get it and are willing to talk shit and drink wine with you. And like, they absolutely mm-hmm. exist. I am one of those moms. I felt lucky that Wilder's preschool that we go to, all of those moms are very similar too. And we have started getting together and talking shit about our kids. And it's magnificent. And I think... I think it's important, like, with anything in life, like, community is so important. And it's who you surround yourself with. And I think that, like, if you're, you know, trying to put your kid into a mold that you don't necessarily feel comfortable with. Like, if he was in a school of parents that weren't like-minded as -hmm. you are you know what I mean or things like that I think that that would create a different atmosphere for you as well oh yeah by setting your kid up to be around like-minded people as you you're also allowing those people to be in your life as well and I think that it's really about like setting boundaries just like anything too where if there's that one mom in the group you know Mm -hmm. or something like that it's like we're not we're not going to tolerate that behavior we're not going to be supportive of each other exactly if he went to any kind of school where I didn't feel you know safe to express my opinion or you know felt constantly judged or like Wilder wasn't hitting certain points the way he's supposed to, you know, anything like that, I think we would pull him out immediately because I am just so at the point after becoming a mom of I am going to find my peace, find my happiness, put my son in the most loving, non-judgmental environment. Like, of course, I am only going to put him in those good situations. Yeah, I mean, what you said just reminds me, I always tell people that the reason I want to be a mom is because I want to make a person better than I was. Yes, Gosh, that is the goal, truly. Like, please, like, be the future. Like, lead your generation into a better world. Be a better person. Be more loving. Be more outgoing. Yes, a thousand percent. And it ties into the same thing with, you know witnessing so many different kinds of moms as you're in your childhood and things like that and and knowing what type of mom you want to be and knowing that like just because your mom or your mom's mom did things one way that doesn't mean that you have to do things in the yes, exact same way and up. I Exactly. But I think that people feel such like obligation to tradition or to, you know, their blood to obey by, you know, how things have always been. And I think that it's really important to hear more and more people talk about 
you know, not only wanting to raise their kid to be, you know, just like them or, you know, anything like that or or have them be in the sports they want or in the, you know, whatever. Of course, that's going to happen either way. But uh, <laughs> but to really think like I, I'm doing this because I want to make sure that this kid is better than I am now. Yes. You know, totally. I want my kid to be more progressive than me. I want my kid to be more loving than me. I want, you know, all of those things. Right. And I think when you can focus on that too, you stop worrying about what other parents are doing and what society is expecting of you Absolutely. as well. Do you kind of feel that way? Yes. Like that is how you break through is when you get to that point. And also, yeah. I think, again, going along the lines of misconceptions about motherhood is that your life has to be only motherhood and, you know, focusing on just doing everything right and being perfect and making sure your child is going to be a genius by the age of four. Like, also remember to live your life and still have that healthy social life that kind of goes along with, you know, finding your moms and drinking wine after hours when the kids are asleep. Because I feel like, I know a lot of women who they became moms and it was just like, that's it. I am mom. I am going Mm -hmm. to only mommy groups, only Mm -hmm. to this and this. And Alex and I both have like fought tooth and nail to keep our social life, keep our friend group. I mean, Madigan, the reason she comes over to be with Wilder is because we're like, we're going to a concert. We're going to a party. I'm like, please have more of a social life so I can live at your house. The sleepover <laughs> with Wilder was the best night of my life. Yes, they had a sleepover because we had like a bougie Hollywood night because we were like, why not? Let's go to a hotel. I loved it. And I'm here for it. Have as many nights out as you need. I'm always here for it. Um, well, and I we kind of like started talking about something I was going to ask later. But I think that since you brought it up, it's a really good time to talk about it now. Yes. How have you been able to keep your identity like how have you stayed being Lauren even with having the mom title oh gosh yeah it's I won't lie it is it's a challenge because again everyone kind of you or not everyone expects you think that people are expecting you to be a certain way and that's Mm -hmm. I just I think I'm I'm feeling things due to my insecurity of oh I have to just act like this and be poised and perfect all the time but I No, Alex and I, again, decided very early, let's have a child who enriches our lives and we will show them the best, most magical, wonderful life. But let's also still be who we are. Let's keep doing our our things. Let's pursue our passions. Let's be us. Let's go to parties. Let's keep our friend group. So being the first ones to have kids in our friend group, it did present a challenge of, oh, they they're just not at the same point in life as us and so Mm -hmm. a lot of things were going over their heads and they just they didn't always understand even though they tried to they were everyone has been so helpful we love our friends but it's just not the same place in their lives Yeah. yeah and they wouldn't get the exhaustion and like the pumping and the breastfeeding and the things I wanted to talk about but we Alex and I just kind of you know we kept that to ourselves and I would find my mom community and that was that but then we'd make sure to kind of go in shifts and I'd be like you have a night with your friends and then I'm gonna have a night with mine and then we're gonna hire a babysitter and go out together we've continued to date each other we've made that a priority and also I didn't stop the podcast I didn't stop singing in my band I didn't stop you know teaching I didn't stop all of my hobbies I have so many random hobbies that don't match up at all. (laughs) I love it. It's like horror and 
it's horror movies over here and then teaching kids music and singing wheels on the bus over here but it all and comes together and then there's together. so much disney in your house as well and then so much disney and then singing in a <laughs> punk rock band like none of it makes yeah. sense but i didn't drop any of it because it brings me joy but and that's i didn't you. i didn't want to lose me yes it's like i well, i fought for my identity you're like the cool young mom with the green hair in the punk rock band <laughs> and that's like a new that's like the you identity of mom. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, that is me as a mom. Instead of just being this all-consuming, oh, I am just mother now. I am mother. It's like, no, I, yeah. am, I am Lauren, who is a mom. That's one of my yeah. things. I have but my I'm little sure, guy next to me, but I'm still me. Yeah, I'm sure, though, that especially in the beginning, I know that just when I've taken care of kids when they're younger, because they don't do a whole lot, it can be very isolating. Yes. Um, I'm wondering if, you know, especially in the beginning when you were taking care of Wilder, when you have to be with him all the time, mm-hmm. I'm sure it must have been a little bit different for you. It felt then, so to lonely. Feel like yourself. Yeah. Well, yeah. And because someone literally still needs you all the time, mm-hmm. even after you've just been growing them for nine months. Totally. It was like I already had felt so out of my body and, you know, went through this whole experience with pregnancy and then having a child who it's like, oh, I am just your milk machine now. I am just yeah. providing you your food. You need me at all times. If I'm not feeding you from my breast, I'm feeding you with a bottle that I had to pump into. And when you're yeah. hooked up to the pump, you feel like a cow. It's all the <laughs> It's like those first few months feel insane because you're just yeah, like, I yeah. am just milk and well, loneliness. And I'm sure, I'm sure like there's, I know for me when I'm, when I'm in a certain place in my life, it's very hard for me to grasp that things are going to change. And I think yeah. especially with a kid, I can, I can imagine not speaking from experience, you don't know who this child is going to be. You don't know how your life is going to change. Exactly. You don't know, you know, so it, there's this this unknown in front of it as well and you're also I think dealing with a lot of isolation and being alone and I know that you know uh, another question that I had messaged you was just like if there were any sort of feelings of postpartum depression or anxiety or other issues that either you went through or things that you just kind of noticed within yourself that were different anything like that that you wanted to discuss Yeah. Um, Well, I feel fortunate. I didn't go through postpartum depression. And as much as I had what everybody calls the baby blues, quote unquote, I I definitely had that. And your hormones are crazy. And I, of course, had my nights where I'm, you know, bawling my eyes out. I'm feeling alone. I'm feeling tired, feeling frustrated. But as I have had friends and family members who actually had postpartum depression, I know that I didn't experience that because it is so so dark and it's important that it's so scary women seek help when that happens yes because horrible things have happened or you know have gotten close to happening and it right. is it's so important that you're you know you're being honest with your family members and your doctor and trying to seek well, help and with it. yourself too I think it's so easy for anyone with yes. mental health issues but especially being a mom and having the expectation of being perfect right I think like thinking negatively about your child is such a shameful thing of course you don't even and want to admit it but it's like you you need yeah. to because there is something happening in your brain. Like there are chemicals totally. that are, you know, 
holding you back. And I'm, I'm so thankful I didn't have depression. I definitely went through some crazy anxiety for about the first three months, which my, you know, my doctor even said at one point, like, oh, I mean, there is postpartum anxiety that exists too. I was like, okay, I think I have that because I feel insane. And I, yeah, it was constant worrying, not sleeping at all, thinking he wasn't breathing, thinking he was overheated, not wanting to leave him with another person. Like I didn't trust anybody. So Mm -hmm. I definitely went through that. But what's interesting is, I mean, once I, I mellowed out from that, and honestly, I think I've through therapy and, you know, talking to my doctor, have evened out mentally as I've, you know, become a mom. But what's interesting, what people don't talk about a lot, because it is more rare, I had prenatal depression when I was pregnant with Wilder. So, Well, that was going to be my other question, because I know that, like, your hormones don't start when you're, like, after you've given birth. Right. They start when you get pregnant. Yeah, totally. what, what was that experience like for you? Pregnancy, I can't, I'm not even going to sugarcoat it. Pregnancy was awful for me. I I don't want to shoot down women who love it because I know it's a real thing. I feel like I used to be a little sassier about it because I was like, women who say pregnancy is magical and beautiful are just lying. But yeah. I have since found out that some women genuinely do enjoy it. And I have friend, like very close friends who are like, I really did like being pregnant. I'm like, okay, good. Like, I just had a bad time. <laughs> I'm so it. happy for yeah. you. I, I was sick from the beginning, and I thought – it would probably just be first trimester normal sickness, but it lasted really oh. deep into my pregnancy and like up until like 28 weeks, I would say. And oh so I eventually had to get on a prescription for it because I was like, I can't live and work and be this way. So I got on some medicine for it. And then finally, I felt like the nausea subsided and I got a little more energy. But then again, just keeping it real, I got horrific hemorrhoids because Wilder was hanging so low and putting so (gasps) much pressure on my lower extremities that just they were busting out. Oh, your poor butt. Your poor butt. It hurt so bad. And they were external. Like people get hemorrhoids (gasps) internally. They were like, I had the full on like bubbles on my butthole (gasps) to the point where I kid you not, I went to my OB when I was like, this was like really close to the finish line, I think 35, 36 oh my weeks. God. And she was doing my like cervical checkup. She's like, okay, spread your legs, going down there, you know, another day. She's calm. Uh-huh. She sees my hemorrhoids and goes, oh my gosh, did these hurt? These look awful. <laughs> I was like, oh my yes. God. Yes, they hurt so bad. And I just started bawling. And she was like, oh, my gosh, these are, like, really bad. Hemorrhoids, honey. Like, she was shocked. She hadn't seen hemorrhoids that bad. From what? Could you poop? I could, but I screamed every time I pooped because it was so awful. Oh, my gosh. I... I only knew of hemorrhoids being internal, but these were full <gasps> external thrombosed hemorrhoids. And thrombosed means they were black because they were filled with oh! blood. And oh the my way, God, the- I totally just spiked in my microphone because <laughs> I was not expecting that. And I screamed. Yeah, I had black <gasps> bubbles coming out my bum. And so <laughs> literally not part of the birth plan. I wanted to go naturally giving birth, but she, my doctor was truly like, these are only going to get worse and you'll probably get more. Like, do you want to be induced? Because he is like heavy and low. And I was like, what if you pushed? Would that make it worse and be painful? Were you, was it a C-section? 
listen, yes, I was like, that's the other side. That's what I was getting to is, first of all, I got induced, which I never wanted to do because I had heard that when it's your first baby, especially induction can end up taking hours. And it did. It was 36 hours. Oh, my God. And I I still wanted to try for natural. I wanted to push. I even waited a really long time to get the epidural. I was trying to be that strong woman who was like, no drugs, let's go. My mom always told me, for as long as I can remember, don't be a hero, take the drugs, is what my mom always said to me. I know, and honestly, that's my advice now, after the fact, like, don't, I don't know what I was trying to prove. I eventually caved, I got the epidural, felt amazing for a couple of hours, but then my epidural wore off, (gasps) and my sister has the exact same story with her daughter. She got the epidural, and it wore off after an hour, no matter how much they upped the drugs, she wouldn't get numb, so we think maybe there's something with our spine, because that's where you get the shot is in your spine and so we're like do we just have weird backs but I started feeling everything once again after having my little tease of relief and it got to the point where like I wasn't progressing long enough we're at 36 hours of labor at this point you've got to start moving yeah and I was exhausted and they were like listen this is not a call for an emergency c-section like especially legally when you're you know in a hospital they can't say like get us c-sections the doctor was like choice is still yours but I'm gonna go ahead and say it's gonna be really traumatic on you and baby if you push but you're still like more than welcome to I will give you a second to talk she left the room Alex and I looked at each other I'm like I have a washcloth on my head barely keeping my eyes open I was like just get this baby out of me and I never thought I would say those words but we went for the c-section and then with a c-section the good news is you're rushed into the operating room he was out within 45 minutes it's so quick we met our boy healthy happy amazing baby I finally got to sleep for a little bit yeah. And it all worked out. But man, both pregnancy and birth were not what I expected. They were not a good time for me. And it's part of the reason that we have not rushed to have a second baby, if I'm being yeah. honest. I thought yeah. we've always thought we wanted to just because we're like, siblings are fun. We both have siblings. Let's do it. Yeah. But since having him, like he's hitting three now, it's when you start to get the looks again from other moms mm-hmm. like, where's the other one? I'm like, I yeah. I don't know if I can do it. I have PTSD. So... Well, as being an only child myself, I thoroughly loved being an only child. See, one of my best friends is an only child, and she says the same. But then I have another good friend who says she always wished she had a sibling. So there's a little bit of that shame that comes in of like, well, I mean, I do wish I had a sibling, but at the same time, still turned out as a great adult. But it's right. It's not really like that. It's just like I think it would have been fun to share. A lot of those experiences, but sure. something that I also knew was that I had a lot of advantages being an only child. Like my parents didn't have to. Like I knew that I was able to skate as much as I did because my parents didn't have to also pay for soccer yes. or you know something yeah, yeah, else yeah. like that. And we could go on more vacations together, or it was easier to just pick up and go. Which we, and, yeah, we have those thoughts all the time of like we're not yeah. we're not rich. Like you've you've been over here. We live in a two bedroom apartment. Like we are right. living so modestly out here in LA, and it's like. We could continue to live comfortably as a family of three if we add another baby in. Like, that is going to upset everything. And I would love to be able to, like, focus on Wilder and be this family and travel and do all the things we want to do. But also, yeah, it does – there's this little voice in my ear. It's not even pressure from society. It's my own of, like, well, I love my siblings and I want him to have that experience. So should I just stop being selfish and do it? And that's the battle. 
Yeah, I understand that. But I think that also giving ourselves time for the answer to be present is also important. I think if you feel that way now, then you shouldn't do it right now. Right. You know what no, I mean? Oh, yeah, that totally. There's, it's no, like, no, there's no reason If that we have a second, it'll be, be like years from now. They were, they're they right. just going to have an age gap, and it is what it is. And I, and I know cares? that I'm far from that. Yeah, we're going to live life with Wilder a bit longer as our only kid, and we'll figure it out later if that second kid comes along. And also, this isn't just because of my bad birth experience. This has always been on my heart. I've always wanted to adopt, and it's always been a thing of having, like, if we could have a biological kid of our own, but then maybe have the second adopted. And so... I don't know. That's also on the table. Like, if we still want to add a sibling, I it has always been on my heart to yeah. adopt a child and give them a good home. So that is also mm, a discussion, that. and it's like there We're are so still similar. options. I love it. <laughs> I yeah, I feel I think like that's you great. are absolutely a person who would like adopt a child and give them a good home well, as well. What's so funny is when I was younger, I did have a great experience of like marriage. A great example well, so yeah. when I was younger I never wanted to get married I just wanted to adopt kids and be a single mom oh um, gosh, and I have <laughs> I have adopted uh, cousins from Korea as well and I really always loved because they were still so attached to the culture of their home country like it, it brought it into our family and that was which is always so something cool that I really loved yeah it was so it was really wonderful uh, yeah I love that I guess the next question that I wanted to ask, and I was almost like a little bit worried in asking this because I think that it can be seen as like accusatory or like asking too much of someone to answer this type of question. But I have talked to a lot of moms, especially with sons, where they talk about having a sense of responsibility and raising their sons and things like that. Mm-hmm. And I was wondering if that's ever been anything on your mind. I know that also there's some women when they didn't know the the sex of the baby that they would be worried about having a girl because they were worried about what that girl was going to go through in their lives. You know, yeah. what was what was like your thought process with all of all of the above? What's so funny is I kind of hoped for a boy because I was terrified of having a girl knowing how scary it can be as a woman right. in this world, which like is not okay to think. It's like, well, okay, then let's try and and we're going to change the world and we're going to raise a strong woman. Like, of course, but that was But you my can't fear. necessarily always change. Like, you can be you the can't. strongest woman in the world and be attacked. Or of course. Be, you know what I mean? It's like, like you can't just... control what's going to happen. But, you know, yeah, like, yeah, it's, yeah. I don't need to be scared of having a girl. You know, if it happens, we just all do the best we can. But that was going on in the back of my mind. But then I have a son. I'm so excited. I'm like, oh, I have this cool little guy, my little sidekick. And then I start to think, oh, my gosh, what if he ends up to be one of these horrifying monsters that's walking along, <laughs> which is, I know we can giggle now because we both know Wilder and you can't even imagine him being like that, yeah, but yeah. you truly never know who you someone is going to grow know. up to be. And sometimes, no matter how involved and wonderful the parents are, things just happen and there is a chemical imbalance and someone maybe I mean, doesn't get the mental health treatment they need. Wilder does love watching cars drive off of cliffs. He I think. likes watching cars. <laughs> car crashes and that does worry me i've told alex before actually like no he likes fiery car crashes no like, we need to keep an eye on that so it's it's funny to joke about but i mean in all seriousness like that's so normal because kids don't have that same like 
connection to pain of like course, when yeah. it's on the TV as they would with like or they don't even feel like if you were to stub your toe he's not going to have that same sense of empathy now as he will later in life I was going to say sometimes so I like, get hurt and I get mad that he doesn't have more of a reaction sometimes he'll <laughs> say like oh you okay mama but then he basically just turns around eats a snack and forgets about it I'm like come I on I used to I used to get really critical of kids when they wouldn't yawn after I did because I thought they were sociopaths. Yes. Oh, you're a sociopath. You're supposed to pick up on that. Come on. Exactly. <laughs> I but know. empathy is learned. Like I think it is. people think that that's something that, that you just have. Like, no, it's it's learned behavior. So kids technically don't have that like understanding that what they're watching could be a real thing that happens when people get hurt. But I had to bring that up only because no, we're it's talking hilarious. about how sweet, like, how sweet and wonderful he is. And then he watches these. And then like, he's watching violent car crashes. And I'm like, you okay, bro? Yeah. So and I, he's just sucked into it. It's so funny. Yeah, then he zones out. He's a total zombie watching it. He's obsessed. I mean, obsessed with cars in general. Like, that is yeah. just his thing. Well, but he's, a, he's a race car. Yeah. It's, he zooms around. <laughs> he zooms around like a little race car on a racetrack. But he, yeah, I I have hope that he's going to be a wonderful man. You know, again, like we, Alex and I have the same beliefs and how we want to raise him and always be somebody who, you know, has compassion for others and fights for people who can't fight for themselves. But it's, of course, that fear is in the back of my mind of like, please, especially he's a little white man. It's like you... Yeah. You have every opportunity to be like the a monster <laughs> that we all see in America, like right. the the frat boy white man that like we're all scared of. I I have that in the back of my mind all of the time, and I I really right. hope that we're raising him to be a wonderful man. I hope that it all comes true. He seems lovely at this point at three years old, but it it does feel like a lot of pressure. Both of you, I always feel like I I love when I can be in the home of, I mean, obviously you're my friends as well, but I do like, you know, I'm in there taking care of your kids. It feels nice to me to be able to be who I am in your house and know that both of you share that same kind of thing. Because as someone who helps take care of someone else's kid, sometimes there's an expectation like I am currently taking care of someone whose father has like Sean Hannity books in their bathroom. Oh, I remember you sending me a photo and I was like, Madigan, do you need to run? (laughs) (laughs) It's so, and so I get this sense of like, I'm not going to negate who I am, but I'm also not going to be preaching from the mountaintops in front of these people. Of you know course, what I mean? Yeah. Where, but I, I like that, you know, just in getting to know you and Alex, how vocal both of you are about the things that you believe in. And I think that as long as that's something that you continue to do and, and you show Wilder that, much like you were talking about with your own mother, there's no way he's not going to at least be affected by that in some way, shape, or form. And that's the I best thing so. that you can do. Well, and I think that there's a lot of people that feel very strongly about certain things but don't talk about it and explain it to kids, especially because they think they're not going to get it. Right. Yeah. Oh, but they I, won't understand. I'm not going to say this. Like, no, start setting the example young. They're going to absorb it. Like, Well, you might as well. You're watching, you're showing kids movies with morals. You're reading right? stories with morals. All of these things, even if they're not fully understanding everything you're saying, they're learning that language really young. I was going to say, like, there's no problem with, even if they aren't fully understanding at, you know, this age of three, like showing them the pictures, still saying the words over and over so that it's sticking somewhere in their brain. And this is going to become routine and habit and 
they're going to get to an age where it's talked about, you know, actually in school. And they'll say, oh, yeah, my mom was talking about this. I want to yes. I want to take this side. I want to believe this. And we try mm-hmm. to, you know, get books that show diversity and, you know, that we have a couple of like more feminist books because like, hey, I had a boy, but I'm going to I'm going to show him how to be a feminist. And all of that. Well, yeah, it's like, because boys should be feminists. Like I'm with a feminist guy. You seem like you're with a feminist guy. Oh, thousand There's- percent. Yeah, there's there's no reason that we should only be teaching young women these things. And I think that also, exactly. you know, there's the things that we would be teaching our young girls and ways to prepare themselves are the same things we should be teaching our young boys in Absolutely. order to realize that like some other guys like might not be as great as you mm-hmm. and you've got to be strong enough to maybe say something or know to speak to up that. and to yeah. Yeah, step in and not just stand back and say oh this isn't my fight I, I better let him do that it's like no yeah. step up when Which, you see something we're not always gonna do it but it's good to at least set that example and things like that um, I think we've pretty much talked about everything that I wanted to cover, except for my very last question, which I told Lauren I added like an hour before we recorded because I was thinking about your show. So I wanted oh, to tie it all together, and I wanted to know what's the weirdest thing about being a mom? <laughs> the weirdest? Yeah. Like when you just think of being, you're like, that's fucking weird. Why, you know, anything like that. Um. Oh, gosh. I I mean, so many things. I feel like the fact that I, like, if Alex does anything that involves, like, boogers or picking his butt or, like, smelling <laughs> weird or, like, having any kind of bodily <laughs> fluids come out, I'm going to give him a hard time about it. Even if I'm not, like, fully disgusted, I understand he's a human. I'm still going to be like, ugh, like, enough. But with Wilder... Wait, you just said... Oh, yes. With Wilder, I'm like, I will pick his boogers. I have I've picked boogers out of his nose and put them in my pocket because I didn't have anywhere else to put them. And like that was totally fine to me and normal. Or caught throw up in your hands. I've caught barf in my hands. It's gone on my lap, on my hands and on my chest. I have gotten spit up, put into my mouth and like (laughs) that. I mean, it didn't like feel great, but I was like, all right, we're going to carry on. I've like carried a bag with his poopy underwear around with me in my purse for far too long <laughs> like I've well, sucked snot out of his nose with the little nose Frida thing it just like the, the, thing... the nose Frida is always going to be weird to me yes and the fact that I walk around even like I know it's like all tying back to bathroom but that just like is kind of one of the weirdest things that you just yeah. do when you don't even think about it anymore I follow him around pulling his pants away from his butt and sniffing him so many yep. times per day to be like you good did you pee your pants did you poop your pants because we're potty training and like the fact that I'm just sticking my face in a young man's bum all day is really interesting but he's got a really cute butt oh it's just the cutest baby butts I'm so weird I'm like can I change your baby just so I can see their butt it's the cute I love a little baby tush like it's just so adorable that's actually been as tough as potty training has been I've loved that he doesn't wear a diaper anymore because you get to see the little tush in the undies and like the little tight sweatpants he's so cute but motherhood is weird you start doing gross things you start caring for this child in a way that you never thought possible it's it's tough it's gross but it's magical it's a blast it's it makes you feel incredibly strong as a woman I would also say I know I'm just like going on a tangent now but I think it's important to know like I as much as, you know, the the depression comes, the insecurity about your physical appearance after you have a child, like, there there are 
very hard moments that come and you sometimes don't recognize yourself in the mirror. But I think every woman down deep feels this new strength and this new kind of like fierce persona coming out of just like, like I, I made car life. Now. Yes. I was pregnant. I carried this child. I was in pain. I pushed them out of me. Like I am woman. Hear me roar. I just created life within my body. I gave Bam. birth to this human. You just feel like next level, which I, as much as hardships have come with it, I love that feeling that I feel, I feel very strong and very confident in who I am as a woman after having a kid. And just remember that you can keep your identity and you don't have mm-hmm. to lose who you are after you create this very special human. So mm. if you're thinking about having kids, if it's on your heart, go for it. But also, if you don't <laughs> want kids, cool. You can come hang out with me and Wilder anytime and say, exactly. so glad I get to hand him back to you at the end of the night. And that's great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, I mean, this was so fun for me to have this discussion because I feel like I'm almost becoming an anomaly at least with my friends like a lot of my friends don't want kids Mm -hmm. and I see a baby and my heart melts immediately so it's it was very (laughs) it was very fun for me to to talk to you about all of this and I cannot like talk more positively about Wilder he is my favorite child on the planet I'm so obsessed with you love him so well and we're so grateful for you it's like hilarious to me that you're not a mom because you're just so you're so wonderful with children (laughs) you have such a heart for it and like Wilder likes her more than us and it's fine like we're (laughs) we're good with it like we know he loves us and like will come to us for his like main essentials but like Maddie Cat as he calls her (laughs) she's not Maddie. I was just thinking I'm like wait we have I haven't even said what he calls me he calls yet. I'm Maddie, Maddie Cat. Cat, and she he asks about her once a day. He's like, "Is she coming over? Like, what are you fools Stop. doing? Invite her over." So Stop. he loves you. You're the best. <laughs> Thanks for having uh, me. Well, I mean, I love him so much. I love you. I'm so glad that he has kind of brought us into friendship. I know it brought us much closer. Well. Yeah. It did, and and thank you so much for being here and for sharing your your wisdom and your knowledge and your expertise. I feel like I blabbered on. I apologize for my rambles, but I hope everybody got a little bit of, (laughs) a little piece of motherhood. I got so many good things out of that. Thank you. I I really appreciate it. I hope that everybody has a wonderful Mother's Day in whatever way that looks for them, Uh, whether it be a birth mother or a mother figure in your life. You know, be appreciative for them and everything that they do for you. I'm so glad that both of us have our moms being as wonderful as they are we're very very lucky all righty so i'm gonna give our final little spiel right now of where they can find us but before i do that i wanted to ask you miss lauren where can we find your podcast where can we find you help us Help the listeners know where they can stalk you a little bit. Um, please follow Keep It Weird Podcast at Keep It Weird Cast um, on pretty much every form of social media. We're on Twitter, we're on Instagram, we're on Facebook at Keep It Weird Cast. Um, we post a lot of shenanigans on our Instagram. You can also join a little private Facebook group if you want to see a lot of funny horror mover, movie memes, all kinds of silly stuff over there. Our podcast Love exists. It. 
everywhere you get your podcasts, like every Spotify, Apple Podcasts, like Google Play, Google Play. I know. And so Whenever we're them listing now. them, we're like, I we we appear places we don't know we appear. So just we yeah. get emails sometimes where they're like, "You're now on this platform." Exactly. And we're like, we're like cool. cool. Thanks. <laughs> Didn't know that was a thing. Yeah. So you can yeah, Google yeah, yeah. us. You can find us anywhere. Keep it weird podcast, and we would love for you to become a weirdo with us. Oh, it's the best. It's a good time to be a weirdo. I would definitely <laughs> recommend it. Yes. All right. Well, for us, if you have any episodes, suggestions, or topics that you want for us to cover, you can email us at neighborhoodfeminist at gmail.com or DM us on our Instagram at angryneighborhoodfeminist and follow us there. You can also visit the link in our bio on our Instagram or in the show notes to check out our merch. We have a Facebook business and group page. You can rate and review us on the business page and chat with the other listeners on the group page. And I think last but not least, if you haven't done so already, please hop on over to that Apple Podcast app and leave us a five-star review with a quick sentence about why you love us and we will be eternally grateful. And if you enjoyed this episode, please show lots of love to our social media post and to Lauren and keep it weird. We love to hear everything that you have to say. If we get anything involving Lauren, I'm going to be showing you all the screenshots. I'm sure you're going to be getting lots of love from our <laughs> listeners um thank you so much for being here today i'm so appreciative thank you so much for having me i am so obsessed with your podcast and all of your listeners who are just so much smarter and wiser than me i love seeing all the content you guys put out in the commentary yes they are much smarter than i as well (laughs) than i than i am let's use the proper grammar too yes i didn't even realize i did that my god i'm such a bitch you're the worst no you were right All right, it's all we have for you today. With all that being said, we encourage you to rage on. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests where we talk about all sorts of topics. And sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot button issues. And it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.